What should be the perfect title of this episode? How John lost his life savings in FTT. <laughs> Wait, was FTT or FTX? FTX. FTT is the coin. It's oh, the token. FTX is the token price, FTT. All right, so I have a text message from a friend who's a founder. You have a friend? A friend who in the FTX, FTT space. So I just said, hey, how's your startup doing? And it's kind of crazy uh, because they're preparing for their next round. They're in the blockchain space, blockchain crypto space. They're one of the few actually uh, crypto startups that I appreciate. Because what happens with most of these crypto startups is they're like, hey, we're a product, but they end up launching a coin, these like, what I feel like are scammy crypto startups. And I'm like, if you're really building something, just go build a product. Although maybe it's a cash money It's like an MLM. It's like, yep. hey, we sell these great products, but really you should buy the business. Right, but if code if Codebase had a coin and I could get millions off of printing my own the currency, Coinbase coin, the Codebase, not Coinbase coin, <laughs> then we would then we'd be in business. Uh, but I think this has been kind of disastrous. Do you want to first talk about what's happening in the news with FTX and FTT? I'll talk about what's happening confidentially at the startup, and then we can talk about the implications on venture capital on startups in this space well, right now yeah let, we... let's just give a quick high level on on what's happened so yeah there's some context so uh basically there's a lot of details left to come out so you know we'll see what the truth ends up happening but essentially uh ftx uh well the yeah okay this is like 15 hours old this story Super, super early. We can um, edit. Sam Bankman-Fried, founder. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So essentially, Sam Bankman-Fried, right? Founder of FTX, uh, second or third largest crypto exchange, depending on you know what numbers you're looking at. FTX basically is collapsing in real time. Uh, Sequoia just came out and announced that they are writing down their $200 plus million investment to zero. Uh, and there are a lot of venture funds. I mean, the, the, the company raised over $2 billion, uh, and basically every venture fund, Paradigm, IVP, Sequoia, I mean, the list goes on and on of, of funds that were in there are probably at this point basically saying our investments were zero. A um, lot of controversy around how, you know, there were rumors that Sam was like going to the government to complain about Binance and put pressure on Binance. And then CZ, who's at a Binance, was like, fine, we're just going to dump all of our FTT and cause the market to collapse. And then there was all of this, these rumors about like Alameda, which is like this sister organization that probably has too much overlap and too much sharing of, of assets. Uh, like was losing a ton of money and it was collapsing and then that dragged FTX with it and then Binance like then there are all these conspiracies that like Binance did that because they just wanted to crush their competitor and then buy them for pennies and then they like made overtures to buy them and then they pulled out I mean and now they're like hoping that like Kraken will come in I mean they're just like desperate and uh, my friend just said that FTX just reopened the ability to withdraw because they they cut off everybody <laughs> from withdrawing their assets and uh, they just reopened it, but you have to be in the Bahamas. And so now everyone's like trying to figure out how do they get to the Bahamas or how do they get a Bahamian uh, ID so that they can actually withdraw their money. And like the whole thing is crazy. Right. 
and and we'll see like we don't even know all the rest of the stuff that's happening right behind the scenes because to your point this happened like 15 hours ago and it's Mm -hmm. fresh and people are still trying to figure it all out and frankly i don't think sam really knows what's going on right i don't think anybody like Mm -hmm. has a full grasp of the full picture yeah i don't think i think the crypto winner has been cold and then it just dropped to like negative 20 overnight yeah and we're trying to see what's happening and our, is the orchard still around? Did the did the trees die because it got too cold? Yep, yep. Is Granny's house, you know, is our heater still on? Who knows? Yeah. But I think in this space, um, you know, I think startups are are seeing founding team members leave because they see that the space is not as hot as they thought it was. Yeah. I think it's really shaking founders to the core. But I think the other trick is that um, I believe F is FTX. Yeah. Um, is investing in a lot of these other. F- these vc funds yeah so they're investors yeah and so well not only are they investors in other crypto funds they're investors in their the investors that are invested in them so they're mm -hmm. investors in sequoia they're investors in paradigm Mm -hmm. which means it'll affect capital calls coming up because capital calls are going to come ftx is not going to have the money because they don't exist Mm -hmm. right and those funds are going to implode because yeah because ftx was their anchor lp so maybe maybe the angle, or here. maybe they won't implode. I mean, it depends on on how big of an anchor FTX was for them. If they represent half the fund, they implode. If they represent ten percent of the fund, eh, they probably survive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are mechanisms within limited partnership agreements that when somebody can't fund, uh, you basically, I mean, depends on how the LPA is written, but I mean, there are very harsh penalties all the way to like basically dissolving all of their prior investment and holdings and redistributing that out to the other LPs. So there are mechanisms that will, and unless FTX is like, you know, a massive part of your fund, you would probably be okay, but it, it's definitely, I mean, you just, you just saw your management fee get cut by whatever percentage they were of the fund. You just saw your carry get cut. I mean, you just, yeah. And your ability to continue to support crypto startups, which, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, these crypto these crypto startups, they're in like the worst period ever, right? This is mm-hmm. winter and uh, they're, they're probably going to be in the most need of capital. So Sorry, I didn't mean to go on this long, but if you're a crypto fund, you should probably be like conserving capital at all costs just to keep your current portfolio companies alive, right? Or a crypto startup. Or a crypto startup, yeah. You should be you should be lengthening runway as much as you can. Or maybe maybe you do just hang up the spurs and say, you know what? Maybe I should look at something else like generative AI. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think something like this big will embarrass Sequoia? Because they're an F- investor in FTX. Like, I think they already are embarrassed, right? Because mm-hmm. they wrote it down to zero. They wrote it down to zero. Now, look, I mean, th- this article is like very broadly, you know, shared at this point. But the the letter that um, Sequoia sent to their LPs, where they basically said, yes, like, you know, we're writing it down to zero. But don't worry, because the fund it's in you know, is already, you know, valued at $7.5 billion and you're going to be okay. Um, so on the one hand, is Sequoia embarrassed? They're absolutely embarrassed uh, that they put money into this company and $36 billion of value disappeared overnight. And it doesn't look good, whether they did their diligence or not. Like, it just doesn't look good. The other things that don't look good that are uh, potentially embarrassing to the venture funds that we're in 
is none of them have board seats. There effectively wasn't a board. None of them had much oversight. Uh, none of them had much control. And it was just kind of like, if you want in to this rocket ship, you want to get on the sand bad wagon, like this is the cost of playing ball, like you just kick in money. And uh, and so, you know, what do you do, right? Like there's, and, and so there are probably going to be LPs that push back and be like, well, if you can't get the control and don't have the oversight, like you shouldn't be doing these types of deals. And so, there's probably some fallback or fallout and, and pushback from that regard. Um, if you're the venture partner, I mean, here's the other thing that a lot of people don't really appreciate, I don't think, is that like it's not Sequoia alone that lost this money. There was a partner at Sequoia, right? There's a partner at IVP. There's a partner at Pyrodam. There's a, right? And that partner was probably the partner that led that investment. Mm-hmm. And so on their own, like Sequoia overall is probably going to be fine. Like a lot of these big funds are probably going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That partner, that's going to be a tough, that's going to be, that's a tough situation to have like, you know, a hundred, $200 million zero in your track record. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the growth stage. Cause it's just so hard to come back from that. And, and when we say 200 million, that's cost basis. Like that's capital deployed into the company. Not, not what it was worth. Like that's just, you know what I mean? It was probably worth some multiple of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're taking like a double whammy. If you invested that $200 million and that $200 million became like a billion dollars of value, you're seeing a billion dollar markdown on your books, right? Not a $200 million markdown. But it's part of the game. So how do you think this will, part of the game? How do you think this will affect founders? Do you see this issue with FTX as just, hey, the, the crypto market is still in its, in its nascent stages. It's still highly unregulated. And things like this will continue to happen as, and it will happen less frequently as it becomes more mature. I think that's true, but I think this is going to scare a lot of investors away. I think anybody that's not, doesn't have a core thesis in crypto is basically going to say, you know what? If Sequoia got this wrong, I'm probably not going to get it right. I'm just going to stay away. I think that's a very powerful. We should make that quote if Sequoia got this wrong. Because they would all have a huge team and oversight. and well, Look, and Sequoia gets things wrong all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the game to your earlier point, right? Like, I, I really love this quote somebody said once in, in this VC at this other, like, you know, really well-known fund. And he was just like, venture is the game where, you know, you're wrong 70% of the time, but you're still like, if, if you have the hit rate of 30%, right? Like you are the biggest genius, wealthiest VC in the world, right? So yeah, people get it wrong. But I do think there are a lot of VCs that will look at this and just say, you know what, this whole market is a mess. And there are so many existential threats that like, you just don't know what's under the bed. Mm -hmm. It's going to come get you, right? Because FTX, number two player, number two, number three, right? $36 billion valuation, gone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Look, you know, talking out of the other side of my mouth, though, is that financial firms are always in a tricky position. So if we think back to 2007, 2008, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers, both large multi-billion dollar investment banks that totally collapsed within a matter of days. And the reason they collapsed, and this this is the real challenge with uh, financial firms is that they are built fundamentally on trust. And when you lose trust, when that trust evaporates, your business evaporates almost overnight. And that's exactly what happened here with FTX. Because Bear Stearns was still in a great financial spot. Just the perception, I think we were talking about this a while ago. Yeah. The, per- the perception of trust was lost, collapses. Everybody went and pulled their money back, 
right? And now, and then Bear Stearns couldn't operate because they live on liquidity and the whole business collapsed. Same thing with mm -hmm. Lehman. Same thing effectively with FTX. So uh, what happened is Binance was an investor in FTX. And at some point, uh, FTX bought out Binance. And part of that deal was that they gave them $2 billion worth of FTT, the, the currency for FTX. And in, in normal situations, you would think that would be a positive because now um, Binance has this $2 billion incentive to make sure that FTX is successful, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to lose that $2 billion of value uh, because if FTX fails, the FTT is worth nothing, right? Um, but what's interesting is CZ basically said, I don't care about this $2 billion, mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to dump it on the market. And if I dump it, I'm effectively saying I have concerns and I don't have trust FTX anymore. And I'm willing to basically take a donut on those $2 billion, right? Um, or I'm, I'm willing to take whatever I can get at this point, right? Because whatever I can get is better than zero, which is what I think it's actually worth. And that basically evaporated all trust. And mm -hmm. everybody pulled out as much as they could. And FTX hit a liquidity crisis and collapsed. If you were on the board of FTX or a crypto startup today, yeah, is there a lesson that you would learn or take from this and say, hey, here's a policy that we should roll forward to prevent this? I think one is just like radical transparency. I don't think there was good transparency based on the little that I've read. Uh, there was, you know, like there's all these like crossovers, conflicts of interest between Alameda and, and others, you know, there wasn't oversight and there probably needed to be like really good oversight. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of regulation in this industry and, you know, some regulation is good, right? It provides that trust that is so, so important to these entities. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think all of those things are important. I think, in this environment where we're in this, you know, this winter, um, it's being really thoughtful around your risk controls and your risk management. And so having people that understand risk really, really well and can help guide the company accordingly um, becomes, becomes super important. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's also a certain element of like, you can't, you can't really control this sort of thing. What I think is unfortunate is that I don't think that FTX's collapse is indicative of crypto, the crypto market, broadly speaking. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we could look at, we could point to many examples, not just Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers. We get to point to long-term capital management that collapsed in the 90s that almost took down the fi whole financial system. Um, we can look at, you know, companies like Enron and so forth that did a lot of financial engineering and I think at the end of the day, like those have nothing to do with crypto and yet had huge impacts in not just their industries, but in the kind of broader uh, world economy. And if you look at FTX, yeah, it's 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 a tragedy for those that uh, had their life savings and so forth and, and can't get that value back out of FTX. But in the broader like world global ecosystem, it, it's probably not going to have much of an impact in the same way that a Lehman Brothers or an Bear Stearns and a, you know, long-term capital management collapse and some of these others had. So, um, but look, it's going to be a cold winter for crypto mm -hmm. and it's going to probably last a few years, uh, because this is the way this is like, this is the way, right. This but, the, <laughs> but this is the cycle, right. That keeps mm -hmm. happening. And I think one of the things that you have to remember is that when we're in recessions, uh, until it starts hurting, right. We're not, quite in that recession yet and right and so 
we keep talking about like a recessions around the corner and all these companies are doing layoffs and that, you know, that's painful. But until you see large companies start collapsing, mm-hmm. right. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. Right. And it's like, once you see those companies collapse, then, you know, like you're starting to hit the bottom. Okay. And I don't think, I don't think FTX is the last one to fall. I think it's the first of many, especially in the crypto space. I think potentially kind of across the economy. Okay. I mean, there are a lot of bloated companies that are all struggling to cut as much as they can so they can cut costs and, and survive long enough, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Facebook today, is it today, just announced like... 11,000 layoffs. 11,000 layoffs, right? Right after, not not that long after, Mark Zuckerberg says that we was, he wasn't going to lay off anybody, mm-hmm. right? Including laying off a decent number of people in his beloved meta group, mm-hmm. you know, metaverse group. Snapchat had 10% layoffs. Twitter did 50%. Of course, they're trying to get some of them back now. <laughs> they were a little too, they're a little too aggressive on those cuts. Any, anytime you, do, you come in and do a hostile takeover, it's always, always rocky. It's always going to be rocky. Yeah, especially, I do not, not envy anybody in that situation. You buy a company that's losing money every year, and now you've got an additional $1 billion plus of interest expense to pay for, for Twitter. And you just overpaid for it. <laughs> did they overpay? Oh, yeah. $44 billion for that company right now? There's no way Twitter is worth that today. I think it's on the high side. If you also look at the premium, you typically have to pay, it's like a 30% premium over value to do an acquisition, right? Yeah, but what's the true value of Twitter today? Like $20 billion maybe? So you're paying over a 50% premium? That's a bit rich. Maybe, maybe. In this market, everything is down. Everything. Every, well, not everything, but most things. Um, yeah, I mean, look... I will never bet against Elon Musk, right? I think he has consistently his entire life proven everybody wrong. Does that mean you're going to buy Twitter blue? <laughs> uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to invest in his next next idea. His next idea is Twitter. I know. He needs money for it. <laughs> uh, and he was out with his hand, his hat asking for money from a lot of people. Oh, because of this? Because of Twitter? Oh, yeah, when uh, when they went to buy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when they went to buy it. He got money ultimately for what, the Saudis? He got money from like tons and tons and tons of different groups. Like I think Mark Andreessen, right, famously was like, I don't even need to run the numbers. Here's here's my, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. investment. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I bet he pulls it off, but it's going to be rough. But he's got to grow it to be a $100 million company yeah. or he'll, or he'll $100 billion, or he'll look like a loser. Yeah, that's probably true. And we'll see how he does as the CEO of a third or three publicly traded three large multi you know billion dollar companies mm-hmm. yeah if you does it for two maybe a third one's not that hard yeah especially you already spend so much time on it anyways so anyways guys <laughs> thanks for watching go to venturecapital.fm if you want to subscribe we're on spotify apple youtube all the links are there venturecapital.fm and we will see you on the next episode stay warm out there all right see you guys